We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Jess, we've got some college football lines this weekend, and somehow I forgot to include this one uh, from Austin. Odds BYU covers tonight against Utah State, and I, you know, I, I... Well, that's, you know, first and foremost, before we get into that, that's a great game for Notre Dame to just hang out and watch together as a team if they wanted mm-hmm. to, because Utah State is a, a good run program. I think that's great film. Right before, you know, you're on a bye week and that's a great film uh, of two good teams going against each other. And you're going against one of those teams uh, the next week. But that's just a side note. <laughs> yep, that's right. Caden, sorry to hear about your dog name, Teo. He said he had to put him down. Uh, he was battling cancer. We uh, are uh, thinking about you and praying uh, for for you and, and Teo as well. Sorry to hear that, my friend. Um I saw something here. Here, somebody was still chiming in on uh, on the takes three and a half plus hours to play sixty minutes of ten to twenty second bursts. That's a good point, Larry. Uh, like when you when you boil it down that way, they've got to find a better way. All right, we do have some college football lines though for this weekend. Um, what is the spread of that BYU Utah State game? Does anybody have it off the top of their head? I don't have it with me do you have your your uh your app there jess uh i am looking right now and i got utah state confused with utah so not as great of a game as i thought <laughs> not what you thought it was gonna be yeah. the spread is 26 points Ooh. byu is favored by 26 points man forgive me everyone i really thought that i <laughs> i thought about utah and not utah state it's That's been a long right. thursday okay that's all right. Up since like 5 a.m. 26. That's a lot of points. I, I don't I don't like to touch games that are that ha, that have a spread like that myself. I don't know Something's about you. Something's fishy with Cincinnati and Miami tonight. Cincinnati is favored, and the Dolphins are three and zero. Oh, uh, Bengals, I, I know yeah. I switched to NFL. Sorry, but it, we got onto spreads, and Bengals are like a three and a half point favorite just because they're the home team. It's really weird. So. I would t- definitely take that uh, that Dolphins line. I know I did. <laughs> well, good to jump on it then. How about some college lines for the weekend? Michigan minus 10.5 at Iowa. The over-under is 42.5. You want to start with that one? Yeah, I'll start with that one. 
Uh, over under Iowa doesn't score a lot of points. They're known for, you know, being a defensively uh, sound team. We've seen Michigan put up a lot of points, but it's really come against who like Hawaii, Connecticut. So, you know, I could see this game very well being kind of like a, a 30 to 10 game and still not getting there. So I'm actually going to take the under on this game because I think Iowa has a, a pretty solid defense. I know their offense is horrible. Uh, so Michigan's really going to have to score all the points in this game. So I'm going to go with the under. Yeah. Sid says, has Michigan played a real team yet? The answer is no, and they still will <laughs> not see one tonight. They will see half a team when they play Iowa, but they will not see an offensive team. Um, yeah, I like Michigan giving those 10 and a half points, and I like the under on this as well. Again, the under or the over-under is 42 and a half. I was only allowed 23 points, but the offense is only averaging 17 points a game. I think Michigan is infinitely better. You know, Iowa will, you know, kind of, tr you know, try to slow down Blake Corum, I guess. That's really their only chance to win in this game. But I just think Michigan has got too much for Iowa. Again, you know, the uh, the Iowa defense will contribute, but there will be zero offense once again. And Tyler, I we do have the KU-Iowa State game coming up on this list. So be patient there. Minnesota minus 12 and a half against Purdue. The over under on this one is 51 and a half. Um, do, 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 do. I am going to take Purdue uh, for, for this. I think that they'll cover that 12 and a half. Uh, and then for the over under, I think that that's going to go over. Um, I think that, you know, kind of middle of the pack, big 10 team or big 10 games, uh, now that the season is kind of getting into swing, more more comfortability with offense. Um, I'll see. I, I like that game going over, and I like Purdue to cover that spread. I think Purdue mm. is, you know, they're not they're not great, but I think they they play teams competitively. They're not just going to get pushed over. And I think two touchdowns like that might be a little bit too much in my opinion. I could see a ten point, but when we get into you know twelve and a, twelve and a half is essentially meaning you're going to get beat by a touchdown, and two field goals, or two touchdowns. So. Uh, for me, I, I just like that. I think that's just a little too much. Yep. John says Minnesota beat Purdue. I agree with that. I, I couldn't believe just the way they just thrashed Michigan State 34 to 7 last week. And I, I wonder how Michigan State feels after giving Mel Tucker that big contract extension. <laughs> <laughs> they've they've lost to Washington and Minnesota in back-to-back -back weeks now. It's always interesting to me. Um, and we'll see this eventually at Notre Dame now that there's a, you know, a, a, the coach, they're going through a coaching, you know, cycle change and all of that. When do the old coaches players taper out and when do the new guys kind of new players come in full circle? Uh -huh. I think we're approaching that kind of zone with uh, with the Michigan State and, and Mel Tucker. So it's I'm always curious to see that because you could still be riding the coattails. Uh, of you know someone sure uh, that that you know set up the the foundation to that program and now it's you know your time that your actual recruits are getting into the full swing of becoming the full the full-time players so yep. be interested to see yeah i agree i agree uh minnesota you know cracked the top 25 this week we got some people commenting on kansas and uh they are just they're they're still sitting on the outside looking in as far as this minnesota game Gophers can really run the ball. They've got two running backs. I don't know how much you've paid attention to them. They've combined for over 800 rushing yards so far 
Minnesota does. They like to run it. Purdue's quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, he was out against Florida Atlantic. So I like the Gophers, given those 12 and a half. I do like the under on 52 and a half in the points total, though. Did you say over or under? Did I took you go the over? over. You took the over? I'm taking the under on this one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Really interesting one to me. Unbeaten Florida State, minus six and a half against that Wake Forest team that we saw take Clemson to overtime last week. And the over-under here is 64 and a half points. Woof. That's a whole lot of points. But we saw Clemson or that game last week with Wake Forest and Clemson, and that was a whole lot of points. Almost I didn't I know Florida State was undefeated. So that's first of all kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I go so far to say, I think Wake Forest wins this game and I'd be confident enough to take the money line. The safer bet is the minus six that they'll cover that, you know, plus six and a half. Uh, but I think that Wake Forest will, will win this game just straight up. You know, I think that Clemson game Ooh, put a bad really? taste in their mouth. Um, I think that they know how good of a team they are and how close they are. And I think this week they'll kind of come back with an even bigger chip on their shoulder. I really like the way the Wake Forest team plays, they showed they can put up the points offensively. It's just a matter of if they can slow down Florida State. And I don't think Florida State has quite the offense that Clemson has. So I like this game. Uh, I'm going to go with the under. That's just a lot of points. I think more often than not, it's safer to take the under. But it is college football, so you never know. I, I just, yeah, and I don't know about defense for either one of these teams. Florida's got the best running team in the ACC right now. Jordan Travis is playing really well, but... You know, we saw Wake score 45 against Clemson. Now, granted, you know, it went to overtime and all that. But I do like a lot of points. I, I do like Wake getting the six and a half. I don't know about money line, but I like Wake getting the six and a half. I'd feel comfortable with that. And I do like the over 64 and a half, even though that is a lot of points. I know Wake is going to score probably at least in that 40 range there. So all Florida State needs to give you is like 25 points. So I, I like the over on that one. 
All right, and then we've got the game that has been promised. Iowa State is a three-point favorite at Kansas, and the over-under here is 58.5 points. I like the under in this game, and I think Kansas pulls it off, and I think they only do it because of their riding this 4-0 streak and they're at home. So outside of that, I, I think it's going to be a very close game, but in close games like this, with two good teams, I think home field advantage always plays a key role. Uh, so I'm going to go with Kansas in this game. But I do like the under. I don't think they're going to hit. I think you said 58 and a half. I, yeah. um, I think that, that that will also, yeah, like I said, uh, we'll hit the under on that. I believe they have gone over. I can't remember last week. I think they ended up going over on the points total against Duke. But this is an interesting one. Kansas is 4-0. They're also 4-0 against the spread this season of course it helps when you're an underdog and you go on the road and pick up wins against West Virginia and Houston you know you're gonna you're gonna hit the spread but they covered as a touchdown favorite last week against Duke Iowa State is just two and two against the spread they've got a really good defense but they haven't seen a quarterback like Jalen Daniels this season 11 touchdown passes nearly 900 yards and he has also run for over 300 yards and four touchdowns so far. So far, so Tyler is uh, Tyler is is ready. He likes the Jayhawks to win big on this one. I like them plus three. It's I think the closest line that they have had all season. But of course, we're in conference play now, so you would expect the line to be a little bit closer. So I like the Jayhawks plus three. I like the over 58 and a half points, though, because they're still the number seven scoring team in the country at 47 points per game. So I like the over 58 and a half. The, the, the points have been coming in bucket loads when Kansas has played this year. I think this is a really good opportunity for, you know, the, the whole country to kind of see Kansas and see if they're really legit. You know, Iowa State has been a pretty consistently good team uh, over the last few, you know, five, six years. Um, and I think it, it'll be good for everyone to see Jalen Daniels and how dynamic he is at quarterback because he's a stud. Um, and I, I really hope that everyone gets, you know, gets this opportunity to kind of see him play. And I think a lot of people will be surprised uh, by his performance. And I, I texted you a couple of days ago about, or I might've asked you, I was like, are these, do you think these are less miles recruits or less miles <laughs> got all these recruits and then couldn't even coach. I wonder, you know, how he's feeling, but I, that, that stuff is always kind of running through my head. I'm always curious of like, did he, was he, you know, a less miles recruit and then he ended up staying even though the coaching, you know, changed and all that stuff that happened. So, I mean, he got a few of them, but at the same time, less miles wasn't there for very long. So I don't think he can take credit for too many of them. So, uh, how about Clemson? I think this is our last game that we've got tonight. Clemson minus six and a half against NC state and an over under of 42 and a half. I definitely like the over in this game. Uh, man, I like, let me see. I like Clemson covering that spread. I think that they'll win. You know, to me, it's either going to come down to a field goal win or a touchdown win. Uh, so I'll go with the, that Clemson will cover that. I think that, yeah, Clemson covers, uh, you know, they'll have kind of maybe a wake up call defensively after what happened with Wake Forest last week. Um, but yeah, I like the under, uh, but I definitely like Clemson covering at the same time. Yeah. And Clemson's secondary has really struggled this year. And, you know, like not this year, but last week specifically against Wake Forest. That is still their weakness. 
What what I wonder about is what are the conditions of this game going to be? Is it going to be like when Notre Dame went to Clemson a few years back or went to NC State a few years back? You know, is that what it's going to be like the remnants of Hurricane Ian and all that stuff? That's what I wonder because obviously if it's like that, then Clemson's secondary doesn't really matter. But you know, and I, it I, I think it'll keep the game a little bit closer though. As well, I do like Clemson to win. I like NC State getting the six and a half, though, and I like the under on the points. Again, I'm kind of assuming that the weather is going to be garbage, but that's kind of that's that's my line of thinking for this one. I definitely forgot that the weather would be a factor, so I would 100% smash that under uh, with with that kind of weather rolling through. Yeah, I guess you know. Again, might have to. Uh, Wait and see what it looks like Saturday by the time, you know, everything rolls around. But like Michael said, the weather is going to be atrocious. And I think they've still kind of got some of that rolling through there. Brian says, FYI, Aaron Judge went deep last right your last night and you are right. And we will uh, be touching on that here in just a second, because after all, this is rapid fire. <laughs> to, uh, if you had your pick, <laughs> Jesse, which current College football head coaching vacancy, would you say is the best? Georgia Tech, Nebraska, or Arizona State? To me, this came down to Arizona State and Nebraska. Um, I thought about I thought about it at a, on a different, you know, obviously I think Nebraska has more of the 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 historic background, you know, the 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 success over the years. Um, but I would say right now Arizona State would be more appealing. And I think it's just more appealing because of the, it's more appealing to recruits. I feel like as a head coach, you'd have a better time getting you know recruits out there because who doesn't want to be living out in Arizona, playing football where it's constantly nice weather. Um, Arizona, the state, the college is known for other reasons outside of football. Uh, partying. <laughs> a lot of partying, a lot of pool parties, which means, you know, a lot of attractive women. Uh, I, I think for that reason, it's more appealing to the recruits and it'd be more appealing to the head coach because who wants to play, you know, at Nebraska later in the season when it's cold, uh, that kind of stuff. So I think it's going to be Arizona State. And I wouldn't be surprised if Urban Meyer, you know, at least considered going out there. But there's another big reason that I would go with Arizona State. And I think it's uh, because the ACE, there's I think it's easier to have success in the ACC or sorry, the Pac-12 than it is the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten has some juggernauts towards the top, while the Pac-12, it's like con constantly cycling who that juggernaut is. So it could be your year, really any year. It's easier to kind of get to the top in the Pac-12, in my opinion. So for those reasons, mainly the conference reason, uh, I think that the Arizona State job would be more appealing. And you throw in the nice weather. Uh, yeah, but it, it's 120, but it's it's <laughs> clean air and you get used to it. It's not it's It's not that humid, thick air. Um, I was out there in the middle of July. I loved it. Had a good time. But yeah, you know, the, I think those things play into it. And that's why I would go with Arizona State. Yeah, I I have always thought that Arizona State is this sleeping giant because you don't have, you know, your 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 academic restrictions are basically minimal. The weather that you talked about. Now, it it can be extremely hot and, you know, it does still get extremely hot. But I have because of some of the things that you outlined, I mean, it's, you know, again, it's, it's not Notre Dame or Stanford or, you know, USC even, or, or one of those, you're still close enough 
to Los Angeles that you would think that you would be able to recruit Southern California pretty well. But for whatever reason, no one's ever really got that Arizona State thing rolling. To me, because of a lot of the things that you talked about, it's a better job than Nebraska because Nebraska just does not have the recruiting base to draw from. You know, the, it's it's so different now compared to 35, 40 years ago when Tom Osborne had that thing running when all you had to do was go out and, you know, pluck some offensive linemen off the cornfield. And then, you know, he would go to to California and Los Angeles himself and pluck a couple running backs and run that I formation. And that's how they won. But you can't win with that kind of football anymore. And so for that reason, I just, you know, Nebraska historically, obviously, is a, is a historic program with national championships and all that. But we're going on like, I'm trying to think, you know, it's been since right around the time you were born that Nebraska last won a national championship and they haven't been relevant for more than 20 years now. So I just, I don't, I don't think that it's, that it's that great a job. Georgia Tech is obviously in a very recruiting rich part of the country. You know, the state of Georgia itself is very recruiting rich and the city of Atlanta is very recruiting rich. But the problem is it is Georgia Technological Institute. You know, there <laughs> there are still there are academic standards there too. And I think that that hurts them. I'm surprised that they pulled the trigger as quickly as they did because when he took over, like everyone was talking about what a great job he was doing coming out of that triple option era and, and all that stuff. There's there's obviously a lot of rebuilding to do there. And there's there's a lot of rebuilding to do at all three of these programs. You know, when Arizona State loses to Eastern Michigan, oof, big trouble. Big trouble. Yeah, and I think another point uh with yes, there's Georgia's a good um, you know, very, very wealthy when it comes to recruits. Uh, but you have Auburn, you have Georgia, you have Alabama as your neighbors. You know, you're kind of getting I would say kind of second and third fiddle when it comes to those kind of programs, you know, obviously five-star, four-star recruits going to be first kind of looking at those schools um, before they, they, they make might consider Georgia tech. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Drunk Vigo knows Tyler with a super chat. He's going to put us on the spot now here tonight. Best Cowboys wideout to wear 88. And they did the little 88 feature you know, before the game the other night. I will say my favorite is the original, Drew Pearson, because that's the guy I grew up with, undrafted free agent out of Tulsa, finally got his due and got into the Hall of Fame here recently. He's my favorite, but I think Michael Irvin, with what he did with that, you know, with, with Troy Aikman and that offense and just that, you know, that that the, the physical stature that he had and the freakish skills you know, between the ball and the speed and, and everything else. I think he's probably the best. There might even be a case for for Des Bryant, just, you know, again, because like the modern athlete and how big and strong and physical he was. But I think Irvin, a lot more consistent hands than, than Des Bryant. What do you think, Jess? I would say that my favorite uh, would be Des Bryant just because I got to see him play you know, the most uh, that, that I have the most recollect recollection of. And I was looking at Irvin, Michael Irvin stats and Des Bryant stats. Um, and Des Bryant played 40 less games than Michael Irvin. Uh, and Michael Irvin had, you know, about 4,000 more uh, receiving yards and about 200 more catches. 
But Des Bryant had 10 more touchdowns uh, than Michael Irvin did in about 40 less games and 200 less receptions. So I think that that passing was, era, it was it's still more of a passing era now than it was then. Right, but I think I, what I'm getting at is Des Bryant was known for for his touchdowns. Like he he would go yeah. up and get those balls. He was a big physical wide receiver. He had good hands, good body control. Uh, so my favorite wide receiver was Des Bryant. The best 88 to 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 wear, you know, to wear 88 uh, would be Michael Irvin. And I think <laughs> Michael Irvin d- deserves it because of. He ta- he doesn't you know he he treats the 88 with so much respect and there was a good video uh, of him earlier this week on first take talking about you know the 88 the the you know the son of valor and all these things and he he takes it very serious you know wearing yep. the 88 he, it's and it's typical you know Michael Irvin you know say what you want about him yes he's over the top but it, it means something to him and, and it means something to all these guys to be able to wear 88 and I think that's the cool part is that you know not everyone just gets to wear the 88 uh these are these are hall of fame wide receivers um and it's really cool to see you know like i said this kind of club uh and, and the way that they they take it so seriously yep and this is this is what the, the Brian and and Michael both got these points in before uh, i was i was able to the fact that you had Emmett Smith who was scoring a lot of touchdowns himself and even Alvin Harper and 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 uh, Michael brought up Jay Novacek as well you know there were other weapons on that you know that's that's why they won three super bowls you know you had one you had a great quarterback you had the nfl's all-time leading rusher as things you know worked out you had a great offensive line there so there were there was a lot more balance in that offense because like aikman never put up gaudy numbers but you know i can see what you're saying in the case that you made for des bryant but you know that again much more passing prolific era that we're in right now but uh, all of them great of course in their own right cd lamb gotta pick it up can't be dropping those balls i mean you make up for it with a great catch but you can't be dropping balls that are right in your hands yeah i need cd lamb to kind of to kind of pick it up you know he's I, I think he's kind of letting the 88 club or legacy down right now and i think he really needs to to kick it into gear he needs to be that consistent wide receiver he's a number one wide receiver uh he's finally the number one wide receiver in this offense now and i would just like uh, to see a little bit more production. Yes, Tyler, it was a catch. <laughs> There's no doubt about Even it. Even the NFL has said since they changed that rule that it would be a catch now. So I think that there was a good question up it. here in the chat that we might have missed. By and what bugs Pete. me about that the most, the fact that that wasn't, I mean, that would have, if that had been ruled a catch, that's a potentially complete game changer for Tony Romo's legacy. You know, just, you know, the, the legacy of a guy who couldn't win big games, you know, couldn't come through in the clutch, all that stuff. And then he <clears> makes <throat> a throw like that. Bryant makes that catch that they say wasn't a catch. And it it completely changes history, basically. Yeah, I agree. It was <laughs> very unfortunate. That was such yes, a good game. Uh, and at the hands of Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, the Cowboys have had some pretty good teams and, and gotten – uh, struck down by Mr. Rogers in the playoffs and some very last second, just, you know, nail biting overall, very good games and even better if you're a Packers fan. Yeah. All right. We promised some Aaron judge. He did get his 61st home run last night. And so judge now leads the American league in the three triple crown categories. He did anyway, but he's batting 313, tied for the lead there. Just percentage points. Um, I had it 313 has 130 RBIs, 61 home runs. 
So which is the bigger deal, winning the Triple Crown or, you know, 61 home runs or, you know, however many home runs he ends up with? Which which is the bigger deal to you? The bigger deal to me has to be the Triple Crown. Um, and I'll tell you why. Yes, is it is it fascinating and impressive that he's hitting 61 home runs and, you know, that ties the AL record all time. And, you know, there's an argument that it could be the all, you know, should be the all time record if he gets 62 um, but but the triple crown to me is is the consistency. It is the complete hitter. It is the overall hitter. You know, outside of power, you can drive guys in. Uh, that's you know, major run production, winning games, increasing your WAR, um, and then obviously hitting for batting average. You're you're hitting for power and you're hitting for average at the same time. You're not striking out as much. You know, you're putting the ball in play, getting hits consistently. So for me, the triple crown uh, is definitely more impressive. And we haven't seen a triple crown since Miguel Cabrera in 2012. And I'm going to ask you, do you know who won before Miguel Cabrera and what year it was? I do. The year of my birth, 1967, Carl Yastrzemski was the last one before that. And, you know, I mean, you nailed all the points on this. You know, the, the triple crown, you know, one, nobody hits for average anymore, especially power hitters. And for a guy with 61 home runs and counting to be leading the American League with a 313 batting average as well is amazing. And you know, now granted, he's walked, you know, he he had been walking a lot more recently, fine, you know, leading up to finally hitting that home run. He walked four times the night before against the Blue Jays, so that helps him out. I wonder now because of the triple crown because they had had him there in the leadoff spot, you know, to get him more at bats for you know more chances for home runs if maybe they drop him down a couple spots in the order to help him out with a batting average you know like to take away some of those at bats basically <laughs> I, I don't did. mean that I don't mean that in a bad way by any means but you know that that could help him out you know what I'm saying like the, the fewer at bats you have the better chance you have to keep that batting average up yeah I mean it's it's just basic math the less opportunities the, the better chance you know, that you, you have it not hurting your batting average. But I just, it, to me, the Triple Crown is like one of the most impressive feats. It is. Uh, in sports because you're leading in every offensive major category to hit for power, to hit for average, to hit with the consistency, to be clutch, to drive guys in and have the RBIs. It's it's really, really hard. And I don't think that, you know, there's a stat kind of similar in, in, in really any other sport to show kind of the dominance that's yeah. on, on display. So, you know, as much as I don't like the Yankees, um, I, I really respect Aaron Judge. He he balled out this year in a contract yeah. year. He said, I don't want the money. I'm worth more than that. And he's potentially going to set the AL record in home runs. He's potentially going to be the Triple Crown winner. Um, and that is the definition of betting on yourself. So, and, you know, hats off to Aaron Judge. Fred says, Phoenix is a great city. Going back to that, I lived and worked there for over 30 years, originally some south, from South Bend. If you were here for a few days in July – you can't appreciate the heat like it's a furnace. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as long as you're around a swimming pool at that at that point, you're, you're probably feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean, when it was 100 degrees at midnight and I was outside, standing outside the bar, I was like, wow. <laughs> We're not in, in Indiana anymore. <laughs> no. So here's what Roger Maris Jr. had to say after watching Judge tie his dad's 61-year-old American League record last night quote judge should be revered for being the actual single season home run champ i mean that's really who he is if he hits 62 and i think that's what needs to happen 
I think baseball needs to look at the records, and I think baseball should do something, end quote. So what do you think about that, Jess? So there's a lot of layers to this question. <laughs> yes, there are. Because if you make something the precedent, then you have to go back and erase a lot of things. <clears throat> and then the convers- I had this conversation with someone the other day. Do steroids help? Sure. But do you still need to get your hands there and square the ball up and hit it right on the barrel? Sure. So do the steroid if you're doing those things, do the steroids help the ball go farther? Yeah. You know, Sammy Sosa also had a corked bat. You know, he was caught with a cork back, corked bat um, at some point. So to me, it's so hard because there's still a lot of skill that's involved, but ultimately home runs are a, a you know a feat of power. And so obviously the steroids is something that's going to help that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I still think Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer, but I think that no record record holder that did steroids uh, should, should hold the record. But another point of that is there was a lot of steroid use going on in baseball. <laughs> it's just was. not everyone got caught. Yes. And so then it's it, there's so See, many layers the to this too. question. We don't know. All we know is like, you know, Maguire, Bond, Sosa. They're the obvious ones and a few others in there as well. You know, you know like guys who got big, but nobody was ever proven, you know, because they weren't doing things like these guys. But like you, you just look at this glut like that record had stood for what more than what was that going on 40 years at that like 36 years 30 37 years i guess that record had stood maris's record then all of a sudden you get this barrage from 1998 through 2001 where all these guys bonds you know mcguire and sosa broke those numbers multiple times bonds in 2001 obviously ends up hitting 73 and so it's just like boom, 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 boom. now PEDs were supposed to be banned in the 90s, but they were not testing for PEDs. You know, so it's like it, it, it's like if you tell a classroom full of kids in school, you know, um, put your phone, you know, you don't have to put your phones away, but you're not allowed to use them on the test. And then you leave the room. Well, guess what's going to happen? They're going to use the phones to find the answers <laughs> on their test as soon as you leave the room you know you you've you've got to monitor this and that's what you know baseball finally figured out in 2003 hey we actually need to test for this if we're going to ban peds and lo and behold guess what all the home run totals went down i think it's like eight or nine times since 2003 has 50 home runs 
even been hit. And, you know, Judge has done it a couple of times. Giancarlo Stanton has done it a couple of times. And, you know, some other guys in there as well. So, I, I you know, it's it, it it's all on baseball because they were more than willing to accept this because it brought fans back through the gates. After the strike, it brought fans back to baseball. I think these guys, if you're going to let these records stand, they should be in the Hall of Fame, or, you know, at least Barry Bond should be in the Hall of Fame. Mark McGuire probably deserves to be there as well for what he ended up hitting. But at the same time, like, go back to when Mark McGuire was in Oakland. Everybody knew he was on the stuff, him and Jose Canseco, back in, in the late 80s. But again, nobody was testing for it, and they got away with it for as long as they did. So if baseball was willing, you know, to – to, to turn a blind eye, then they deserve to have those records. But I do think that it's cool that the American League record stood for as long as it as it did. You know, 61 years the record stood, and and now here you've got. I, I kind of feel bad for for you know the Marises because like maybe maybe Roger Maris Jr. was just saying what you were saying the other day. Mark McGuire is just a jerk <laughs> and, he, and he just likes Aaron judge better, you know, cause remember he, you know, the Maris family had to sit through the whole McGuire Sosa chase as well. They had to sit there and, you know, just like they had to sit there for a week in New York watching these games. So I kind of feel bad for them, but I, I, I do think that it's, it was, it was very interesting that Maris jr. Came out and basically was, was uh, laying salvos at major league baseball. <laughs> Fill in the blank on this next one. It's blank that a guy named Frankie Lasagna just missed catching Aaron Judge's home run ball last night while he was wearing a baseball glove. Um, One word, disgraceful. That guy bought a ticket to that game for one reason, came with his glove for one reason. He had one job. And he blew a 200, or not 200, at least a million dollar bag for that ball. You know, I don't know about you, but a million dollars, that's instant retirement money. You know, he he had to prep for this whole situation and he just choked in the moment. So I just, it's disgraceful in my opinion. He's wearing a Toronto uniform, so you know he's not there for the game. He's just there because he's trying to catch a home run ball. Like I said, he brought his glove. He's sitting in the outfield. Um, So yeah, it's it's disgraceful. He should have caught it. He's a grown man at a game solely for the reason to, you know, catch a hundred or sorry, a million dollar lottery ticket. Um, and he blew his chance. And now no one gets that, you know, opportunity because the ball was retrieved by the team. And, you know, I'm not saying that, <laughs> you know, that, 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 that the Yankees, you know, have to pay someone out, but I think it's cool when someone does get that, you know, I think it's cool when they go through the bartering system, but now it's just like very anticlimactic. The Yankees get the ball for free. Um, and they don't have to empty their pockets at all. Yeah. So Frankie Lasagna apparently owns an Italian restaurant. Shocker. <laughs> in, <laughs> in Toronto, he goes to the game and the ball clanks off his glove. Like if you're just, I think you said it. If you're going to show up at a major league baseball game and you're going to sit out there and you're going to have your glove and you're still going to drop it, you should be banned for at least a year from ever coming back <laughs> to the ballpark. Now I'm, serious somewhat facetious but still you should be banned for a year if you like (laughs) harsh that's i mean come on you've got to make that catch and he was killing himself oh i would be too i wouldn't be sleeping for a week at least that's so much 
you know, know how much he could have got for that, right? Like, and at the end of the day, he says yes or no. So he could call their bluff for a long time and get probably a lot of, you know, a lot of it out of it. Uh, we are not, Marshall says, is this that D-bag that catches a million baseballs and sells them back to the players? No, this is a completely different guy. I've seen that guy. Uh, these two guys look nothing like each other. You know, this, this guy got his glove on the ball and it just bounced off his glove and into the bullpen. The bullpen uh, guy picked it up and and uh, off to the Yankees it went. You've got to make that catch, man. If you're going to show up at a ballpark wearing a glove, you got to make jersey. that catch. And yeah, that's right. And a jersey. You got to make that catch. But he needs to figure out a way to, to spin this so that he gets people coming into his restaurant now. Frankie Lasagna. <laughs> He needs to figure. He needs to. He needs to like the dropped ball special. Get a picture of that. Yeah, and you know, like he's got to do something, man. He's got to make it work for him. All right. Well, uh, I, I we've still got people who are awake after listening to the baseball talk. It's amazing. You know, I didn't realize how quickly you know people turn on baseball, even when you're talking about home run records and and triple crown and triple crowns and and that kind of stuff how quickly they want to turn on baseball but i guess that's the way it goes but um i think that's going to do it for tonight jess we've got a lot of football coming up this weekend like you mentioned we got bengals dolphins and the nfl side coming up tonight we've got byu utah state the uh college game notre dame's next opponent going into this bye week as of now I know Brian is planning on an IB countdown to kickoff Saturday. Fingers crossed that everything goes well for them. So uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just end it on this because we are not Marshall says baseball is great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should end it on this. Derek says Frankie Lasagna serves spaghetti with the meatball off the plate. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a I good like dish. That. Spaghetti with the meatball off the plate. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Glad to have you uh, with us as always. Thanks for uh, for uh, joining us this week. We've got a game week coming up next week when Notre Dame takes on BYU. We'll uh, be back then. Jess will be on some shows. Vince will be on some shows. We've got a mixture of everybody. So uh, thanks for stopping in tonight. And uh, we will talk to you next week on IB Nation Sports Talk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.